0: Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 278 of the Tudor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed or stolen during the 24 years I've been in business, from the tens of thousands of hours I've invested in training education and the tens of thousands of pounds I've spent. And I want to share everything I can with you in a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of way. So, here we go. And brace yourself, because this might just be a bit of a rant. I want to talk about the evil that lives in your pocket. Right. Stop the giggling. Put your schoolboy sense of humour and your carry-on smut aside, please. Because I'm talking about your mobile phone. Nothing else. You see, your mobile phone or your device is, in my opinion, the greatest harm inflicted on the average person, apart from corrupt and incompetent governments and the patent idiocy peddled by the left-wing mainstream media. But that's another story. So, evil, I say. Absolutely. It's a dominant presence in just about everybody's life it's it's a constant intruder into everything you do if it's with you it watches you all the time it snitches on your whereabouts it's almost like an electronic tag wherever you go if your phone is on your phone's going to try and tell the network where you are that's really quite sinister It'll tell the network when you turn your phone off or on. It listens to your ordinary conversations as well as your calls. It allows every message you send to be recorded and analysed by people who may or may not have your best interest at heart. It automatically learns how to be more helpful to you. They call it optimization. And the aim there is to make it indispensable to you. In other words, you're reliant upon it. So they're pretty obvious things to me why the phone is not a great idea. But more than anything else, it's a constant thief of your attention, your time, your energy and your focus. Have you ever been for a romantic dinner with your partner? And their network of Facebook friends? Uh, I've experienced that. And it was at that moment I realised our relationship was a dead end. Because I knew, without a doubt, that she wasn't really at the table with me. Her attention was out there somewhere else. What a waste. It's... It's really sad that wherever you go, people are so hooked up to their phones, so insecure about not having their phone with them, that they get freaked out if it's not there. They hear, they call it separation anxiety from your phone? I mean, for heaven's sake. And then, of course, quite apart from the the intrusion and the fact that you can't pay attention to anything, there are safety issues. I mean, yeah, I only have to stand outside of my house or look out the kitchen window, which overlooks a reasonably busy road, looking at all the cretins who drive while they're texting, while they're watching videos, hand-holding the phone, and often at the same time, a cup of coffee, cigarettes, a vape, or some other gadget or Google. Now, if you're watching videos or reading or writing a text while throwing two tons of steel box down the road at 50 miles an hour, you are an absolute moron. You should be locked up to protect everyone else. Your kids should be taken into care. Because if they're in a the car with you, you're clearly unconcerned for their safety. And basically, death is too good for you. So if you do that, please don't do it. Just don't be a brain donor. I mean, there are plenty of those around, and it's only a matter of time before I rant about the idiots who drive past my house with their dogs on their laps. Uh, I did warn you it might get a bit ranty. It's not just car drivers, though. I've had several near misses recently with distracted pedestrians. They're wandering around in a dream world. They've got their earbuds in watching videos or texting, not looking where they're going, and they just step out in front of you. What complete wasics. And it's exactly the same with some cyclists and, of course, well, I don't know what to call them, the people on scooters. (sighs) So I honestly believe that the widespread inability to manage mobile phone use whilst doing other things that could be potentially life-threatening, is a mental illness. It's a mind virus that eats common sense and won't stop until every last vestige of common sense has been consumed. So, what else? What else do I love about mobile phones? Absolutely nothing mobile phone is the platform on which a lot of people engage in the unreality of social media the social media, Facebook, Instagram and all that, I'm really not a fan of these things, they are designed to be addictive platforms because they're not based on real life what you get is a curated versions of people's lives a sort of highlight reel of Look at me, how fantastic, sexy, gorgeous, interesting, etc. I am. Uh, really? Who actually believes that stuff? If you look a little bit further into it, a lot of social media is based on stupidity, ignorance, or just plain old wrongheadedness. And when people engage in the social media whirlwind if you like they get hooked on how many likes a post gets the comments on the, on a the post if they get a lot of friend requests they get these little hits of dopamine dopamine is part of the reward system of your body and it's the system that cocaine uses to produce the high that ultimately causes addiction that's why these things are addictive and what it happens when you're engaged in this social media and the nonsense around it is, it takes you away from real life, the face-to-face communication and engagement with the people who should matter more to you than your online audience. So it's not a great use of your time, is it? And then let's have a look at all the games on your phone. I mean as with any other gaming platforms like PC or gaming consoles. If that if those platforms weren't bad enough, we now got a lot of games on the phone. And the games are deliberately designed to be addictive. They aim to deliver little hits of dopamine to your brain's reward center. So you'll need the game in order to feel halfway good as with any other addiction the more of the, the cause you get the more you, you're going to crave it and you'll need bigger and bigger hits there are a couple of gamers who actually stopped their gaming; and they kind of went cold turkey they finally manned up and tackled their addiction problem and horrible withdrawal symptoms. They were just really messed up by it. And this all started because I asked someone, how many hours a week do you actually spend on your video games? Because we were on a coaching call and we were trying to figure out why they weren't achieving anything in their life. Couldn't hold a job. Had no money. And he told me, so... I asked him to not use the game at all for a week. And he was a mess. In fact, I asked a family member this question a few months ago. He's a really bright kid. And he said he was on his game about 35 hours a week. And then he told me that was less than he expected. Now, he's at university. And he's putting in 35 hours a week on a video game. How's that going to work for him as a student? Well, really badly. Turns out he's really skint and he's stressed over the money, as many students are. But he's more interested in gaming than in actually finding useful work, making money and reducing his stress. He's completely out of control, spending full-time hours on a game. And wait for it spending his food allowance that his parents send him on upgrades on new releases and in-game boost packages I mean, really? this is supposed to be a bright kid and he can't see the hole that he's fallen into and that's pretty bad but what's worse than that is that he's neglecting real life. He's a student, he should be out socialising, finding out who he is and he's infantilizing himself by sitting in front of this assortment of moronic games. The games are clever, but they're made to turn the players into morons. And while he's doing that, he's missing out on all the beauty, all the love and the opportunity of a life in the real world. Is squandering his precious energy, attention and time on the utterly irrelevant. And I know why he's doing it. He's, he's quite a shy lad. I think he's found that entering into that fantasy life is actually more alluring than the real life he's got. And we can all do this given half a chance. But if you did that, how would life go for you? And now, suppose you gave your own real life that kind of focused attention. That diligence, that application. What would that do for you in real life? It's, it's just mental. I know people in their 40s and 50s with gaming addictions. Their spouses are in despair. The kids... I mean, they've got children, and the kids are deprived of the parental attention and nurturing that they should be getting. It's affecting their development, and little by little, the unity of the family is being eroded. What I think is even worse than the immediate effects is that those same kids are being given an example of gaming as being normal. The parents always on the phone is normal that diverting the immediacy of the real life into the petty, the trivial, is normal. That's not a good thing to learn. As a kid growing up, what are they going to be when they become parents themselves? Now, I'm not saying the phone isn't useful as a tool. What I am saying is it's a bloody problem when it becomes a dominant presence in somebody's life so if your phone is visible to you and it's switched on and it's constantly pinging ringing flashing and notifying you of things and you p- keep on picking it up who's actually running the show who's running your life is it you or is it those endless reminders messages whatsapps and notifications Every single ping, buzz, flash, ring is a call away from your most valuable work. It's the rallying cry of the trivial and the irrelevant. So it's beholden on you and I, as people who are trying to get our lives together, trying to make something happen in business and in life, to manage the phone to master the phone and to not let it manage and master you the most important thing you can do in my opinion with your telephone is turn it off it's amazingly liberating and amazingly rare for people to do this you have control of it it doesn't control you and when you've got the phone turned off you'll probably notice you feel a little bit anxious. What am I missing out on? They call it FOMO, fear of missing out. But when the phone's off, you have undistracted time. That's undistracted time in which you can think. It's undistracted time in which you can write. Undistracted time that you can devote to planning. And then execute it on your plans. And if you're undistracted, you can give people that you are with all of your attention. And without those pings, rings, notifications and all the rest of it, you can do great work. When your phone's off, you're free. You're free from other people's needy and attention-seeking behaviours, their meltdowns, their crises, their appeals for validation. You're free from the thief of time. That phone and all of its distractions. A lot of the people on the phone too. They're going to be the mood hoovers and the energy vampires. If they've got time to send you 20, 30 messages a day, what are they actually doing with their lives? And you'll know people like this. We all do, don't we? The senders of irrelevant messages stupid pictures, and out-of-control emotional outbursts. All of these incoming messages will steal your time if you give them a chance. Now, if your phone is off, or you don't respond in the way they want to, there may even be conflict, emotional blackmail, tears, and and reproach, because you weren't there for them. So, I suggest you let them know that your phone will be off. If it's off between 11 at night and 10 in the morning, they'll find someone else to be a blight on. And you can be absolutely sure of that. And then, guys, if you're driving, make sure the phone's off. If I'm driving personally, the phone is in my bag, in the boot. I might sometimes connect it via Bluetooth to the car's systems, but I don't need it. I certainly don't need it on a mount in the middle of the windscreen, reducing my forward visibility. How many people have been hit by people who didn't see them because they had a phone in, in their eyeline? I mean, it's just moronic. So, guys, turn your phone off. Focus on not crashing. I'm focused on not crashing. I'm probably a bit peculiar that way. I don't want to kill anybody. The other thing you can do, believe it or not, is to have two phones. If you're in a business where you absolutely have to be contactable. It's not so urgent for my guitar teaching business, but I've got a property business or two. So I've got two phones. I've got my ordinary day phone. Now, this is my main phone. It's like my office phone. It's on during business hours. And it's turned off outside of those business hours. Now, I share this number widely. Anyone can have this number because it's the easiest way to get in touch with me. But if it is turned on, it's in silent mode most of the time. If i'm trying to get anything done or if i'm teaching the phone is in silent mode and it's out of sight what i do know is that just any fool can call me on this number but i'm not under any obligation at all to take their call so that's the first phone the second phone is the emergency phone this is on 24 7 for emergencies only it's an out of hours phone Only a very few people have this number. And that'll be my son and my close family. The tenants who live in my properties have this number. That's what it's for. It's for out of hours only and urgent calls only. So, guys, I think it's time to to check yourselves. How do you master and manage your phone or is it mastering and managing you? Are you running like a insecure child to pick it up every time there's a ping or a flash are your ears always half cocked for a little bing from your device are you hooked on your phone what's it doing for you really yeah okay so you're probably thinking jesus that nails a grumpy sod and yes you'd be absolutely right see i get grumpy But I get grumpy when I catch myself checking my phone for messages. When I find myself responding to every flashing alert, vibrating notification. Um, I get grumpy when a friend has sent me half a dozen messages that have pinged repeatedly. And for reasons best known to themselves, deleted the last five of those six messages. The alerts have distracted me, and yeah, you bet your arse I'm grumpy. Don't you get grumpy too, or is it just me? When you can't get things done, but you unexpectedly find yourself fanning around on your phone, how annoyed do you get? Let me know how it is for you. I'm eager to hear from like-minded grumpy gits. If you've got a better way of dealing with your phone than I have, then I would love to hear from you. You see, I'm here to learn. I'm here to help and share what I've learned so far. So drop me an email. It's info at neilcamero.com or you can find me on Twitter where I am at Judith Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the podcast and as always, I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and tips to, to help you to start, grow and ultimately love your tutoring business just like I love mine. Till then, I hope this podcast has got you thinking has been some help. So stay healthy, stay useful and have a fabulous day.